Welcome to the Proclaiming Artist Podcast, where we address artistic fraud syndrome. In part one of each episode, your host, that's me, Browsy, will interview a range of people who do or do not consider themselves to be artists. I ask questions like, what does an artist look like? And why are you holding yourself back from sharing your creations more freely? For part two, we will interview artists after they've created a piece and discuss their process. Before we begin, I'd like to thank all of the participants for being willing to be extremely vulnerable and open throughout this process. We are going to welcome to the podcast Meg Bird Mulvey. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, history. Like, okay. I mean, that's a lot of things, but <laughs> whatever, whatever, like, feels natural. Okay. I mean, I'm 30. I just turned 30 in January. Happy I birthday. can't stop telling people. I don't know why. <laughs> it's important. I've been excited to be 30 my whole, not my whole life, but since I was young. I'm just excited to be this age. Is it because you watched like Jessica Garner being 30, 40 and thriving and you're like, yeah. that's what I want. Yeah. 30, 40. Yeah. No. Yes. That movie, what is it? 13 going on 30. It was definitely an influence mm-hmm. in why I wanted to be. It just seemed like an age where like people are going to stop treating me like I don't know what I'm doing. Right. They haven't, but (laughs) (laughs) I just have always wanted to be taken seriously Yeah, uh, since I was a little kid. And it's just, yeah, I just thought like once I'm 30, people are going to take me seriously, but that's an internal issue. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so I'm the youngest sibling and the only girl. So I feel like I was always just like, you guys don't think that, you know, that, yeah. Anyway, that I know what I'm doing, but so yeah, I was born in Orem here, or no, this is Provo, but close to here. I've lived in Utah my whole life. I lived in Richfield for a time, which is like, you know, just south, but still Utah. I was a major like horse girl nice. in elementary school, like at recess. It feels important that everybody knows. Right. Like at recess in elementary, people were doing like normal recess things. And me and my friends were like running around on our hands and knees pretending <laughs> to be horses, like... Not just in first grade, like, into fourth and fifth grade. Just, like, in, I mean, whatever. Yeah, Um. so that was me. Uh, my dad was a music teacher, so I got started playing, like, clarinet in the third grade, which I hate playing clarinet. It's the worst, but no offense to clarinet players, but I just, I played it all through elementary school, junior high, high school, into, like, the one year I went to college, and then I just gave it up, and I haven't missed it at all. Um, but... You learned the basics. Yeah, definitely. And I am grateful for that. And I started playing cello in sixth grade. And I like that a lot more. And I still play cello sometimes. I'm rambling. But yeah, I did like marching band in high school. Oh, at AF? That's intense. That's it was serious. Intense. People don't know how intense no. it was. Yeah. yeah. Which I try not to over-identify with the band nerd thing, but it definitely defined me in a lot of ways. I'm married to the dreamiest, loveliest man named Drew. We live in American Fork. We play in two bands together, which is really fun. I was like really severely creatively blocked most of my life until the past like five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited to be here. Like somebody 
I don't know, reaching out on Instagram randomly and saying, hey, I like your poetry. <laughs> Can you come talk to me about it? Like, that's a dream come true. So I guess I I'm didn't like, like think about it like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, really, no. Like, I'm excited. I've been telling everybody. So. Well, amazing. Because, <laughs> like, on my end, it was super scary to start reaching out to people I don't know. Yeah, I'm And sure. being like... Um, so this, want to be a part of this project has lots of like different moving parts and components. And like, do you understand what I'm trying to like get up, do here? Yeah. I don't know. It just, it was actually really hard to start asking sure. strangers, Yeah. but it's interesting because I feel like those have actually been the most rewarding. So it's been really cool. And everyone has been like very receptive and that makes me feel like very validated of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like if these strangers are like, yeah, this is rad. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. No, like, it is. Like, it's really cool. Like, I'm excited about it. And it makes sense that other people are excited about it because I think this is a message that the world needs. Like, it's yeah. an important message. So, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for being mm-hmm. so receptive. Yeah. So I was focused on asking kind of non-traditional artists for this show because I was like, okay, do you do the easy thing and ask, like, 2D yeah, like painters and watercut like do the easy thing, and I was like, no, you have to do the hard, <laughs> non-traditional things, and that's gonna be harder for you. But you have to do it. And I like planned eight people, and then a couple weeks ago, like it's very close to show opening. It's like two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, it is. So I was like, can I even ask someone this? But I just like felt like that part was missing. Mm-hmm. Like I have a chef, and I have a musician, and a dancer, and like fashion design like I just had all these like different components I'm so self-centered I didn't even think to ask like what other types of artists but that's great um but I like felt like that component was missing and Mm -hmm. so and I don't even know what it was but I was just like scrolling through my Instagram and like saw something that you and it wasn't even like it was just like a caption that you had written and I'd read through some of your captions before and was like oh those are very like poetic and I went to your blog and I'd like never even looked at it and I was like I'm just gonna ask like (laughs) I don't know I'm just gonna like put it out there and like see what happens whatever like i'm just like really glad you did a cup of glasses of wine in like here we go (laughs) yeah those always the best decisions yeah not too many but just a couple (laughs) glasses of wine in or like the yeah either gonna be the worst or the best okay yeah sure (laughs) um (laughs) but where you want to operate from yeah because like it's high risk high reward you know right it's yeah i think yes and here we are Mm -hmm. here we are here on the couch so yeah, that's kind of how I reached out, but we technically haven't ever like really met before, Mm-mm. but we like know so many mutual people. Like I do feel like I already know you yeah, for some reason. Yeah, and you worked at my very favorite restaurant, yeah. which yeah, I go there a lot. So I'm yeah. sure we've been in the same place. Yeah, a couple a times. Of times. Yeah, it's weirding me out, but it's cool. Yeah, I feel like we're friends yeah. already. <laughs> cool. That's been interesting too that like the strangers, like after like one conversation, I'm like, we're buds. Mm-hmm. Like, we're buds. It's the we're, best feeling. Yeah. We're also talking about things that are like very vulnerable. Yes. And like deep. And that's like the stuff that I love talking to people about. That's all I want to talk about. But yeah. most people like don't. Yeah. And like, I, I've kind of realized recently, like, I completely relate to the I hate small talk mm-hmm. attitude because, you know, small talk can be so exhausting and. But so can the deep stuff. Exactly. And like, there is a time and a place for everything. And there is a time and a place for small talk, like, or yeah. just talking about lighter things, you know. And the person. Yes, exactly. I used to be of the attitude of like, if it's not like deep and meaningful, like just, I'm not even going to deal, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not that way anymore. Like, I definitely see the value of, like, lighter, mm-hmm. 
more jovial conversations or whatever, but I still, the deeper, meaningful, vulnerable stuff is like still just my heart of hearts. You know, that's like what I want to do all the time pretty much is talk about, you know, what do you, what do you think about all day? You know, Mm -hmm. what are your deep desires and insecurities and where do those come from and like what you know like tell me about the relationship with like your parents yeah what was your childhood like (laughs) people a lot of people aren't a fan of that question but that is essentially what I want to know about everybody first yeah yeah totally yep amazing Mm -hmm. yeah that actually was a huge part of how I started becoming more creative was I got into a type of therapy that's like all about inner child healing yeah and like the belief systems you pick up as a kid and like examining those and figuring out you know is that real like Mm -hmm. do I actually believe that Mm -hmm. or is that just something that's been protecting me or something that my ego thinks is protecting me you know so yeah that's interesting that you went there with childhood parents well but yeah (laughs) that's because that's also part of like why I started owning the term artist as well Really? In a lot of ways. It's because I was doing some inner child work as well and felt like I kept coming back to these moments where I was creating and I kept bringing it to be validated. Mm-hmm. And it to your wasn't. Parents? Uh-huh, oh, and yeah. it wasn't. Because you want that. Yeah. Like, that's your natural, like, look, mom, yeah. like, five-year-old put it on the fridge type thing. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We all go to our parents for validation. Mm-hmm. And I think not. it's not your parents' fault. Right. Like, Right. But I think most people don't feel validated by their parents mm-hmm. the way that they want to be. Right. Especially with creative things. And especially in the type of community we're in where it's like, it's so family oriented. Mm-hmm. So like, why are you wasting your time writing songs? You need to go to law school. Yes. And make money to support the 10 children you need to have. You right. know what I mean? It's and like, if it's not that, yeah. then what are you doing? What is, yeah, exactly. You're yep. just like a fuck up or like yep. a degenerate essentially and I think that's another misconception is like well I can't be an artist because if I'm an artist I will be a degenerate Mm -hmm. or like a immoral you know I think those things get mixed in with each other a lot and that's like an illusion I think really has to be shattered I agree yeah anyway (laughs) well I think that's a great segue into do you Meg consider yourself to be an artist I am so proud to be able to say without hesitation, yeah, I'm definitely an artist. <laughs> if I'm anything, I'm an artist, yeah. I love but I, that. But if you asked me that five years ago, I would have shuddered. But, you know, I wouldn't have been able to say that. Okay, so what was the transition? There's a lot of things. Like, the first step was I took an art class taught by Connie Parrott. So Connie Parrott is one of my very best friend's moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in high school... My mom has struggled with alcoholism mm-hmm. um, and addiction, like, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And we have an awesome relationship. She's doing really well now. But there was a time, like, right after I became friends with Tizzy, her daughter, where my mom was in jail. And it was just, like, rough. Like, mm-hmm. I was just having a hard time. I, was fi- I think I said I was 15. Anyway, so Connie really took me under her wing, invited me over to her house. It's just like my second family in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And then, so she works at a place called the Institute of Healing Arts, which is where I go for the inner child work mm-hmm. therapy stuff. And she facilitates that. But she was also teaching an art class because she's an incredible artist. And it's an art class based on The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. That book has become my Bible. Like it is the most important book of my whole life really. So I don't even remember. Oh, I do remember how it happened. So my dad, like I said, he taught music. 
he's retired now, but for like 30 years plus, he taught music. And his student, he had a student named Lindy Mott, and I knew her and her husband, Randy, growing up. They were good friends of our family. They had kids, they babysat their kids. And so Lindy is an artist. She's, I mean, a pretty big deal in like the religious art community around here. But so I randomly ran into her and her husband at like a school concert that my husband and I were at. I don't even remember how. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen them in years, but seeing her, it was just like, I was so excited to see her. Mm -hmm. Like there was a part of me that was surprised at like how much it meant to just see her face again. Like it was just so comforting. And I know why now, but at the time I was just like, oh, that's weird. And I was in like a really dead place. I was working a job in customer service. I hated it. I didn't think there was any more to life than mm-hmm. like working customer service until I had a baby. <laughs> and yeah. then like, you know, like yeah. th- those were the only options that right. I was taught, you right. know. And I was obsessed with security because my upbringing was sort of unstable and scary at times. Not in a bad way, not in a victim way, just like, you know. Some things were weird. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I see Lindy at this concert. She gives me her card, which is, and I I can't even remember why. She just gave me her card, maybe just like to have her phone number or something. I think it might have been that she was the one teaching the class at the time. Mm. And she like handed the baton off to Connie at some point. I'm over at Tizzy's house with Connie Mm -hmm. and we're doing like a tarot card reading Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I draw this card and it was just all about take a class find a teacher it was like the Hierophant card Mm -hmm. which is all about like finding a mentor expanding your you know abilities and talents and stuff like that and I took out that card that Lindsay gave that Lindy gave me and it was just this moment this crazy moment of like oh I need to take this class because Lindy used to teach it and now you're teaching it, and I didn't even know you guys knew each other, and I pulled this card about taking a class, and, like, I don't feel like I explained that well at all, but it just was one of those moments of, like, this is meant to happen. I Mm -hmm. need to do this. I could just feel it in my bones, and I think it was just that part of me that was, like, there's more to life than Mm -hmm. working customer service, and you have so much more to offer, but I really didn't believe that at the time. Anyway, so I take this art class once. I take it twice. I take it three times. It changed my whole entire life. And one of the main things, uh, one of the main practices within the artist's way is doing affirmations. Because mm-hmm. Julia Cameron talks about how the main block uh, for people with creativity is your inner critic, which mm-hmm. is your voice, the voice in your head, which is often from art teachers or parents. Um, and that's the case for me. Is like, it was the voice of my family <laughs> um, that tells you that's not good enough. You look stupid. You shouldn't try. This is, you know, risky. your outfit. Exactly. That was my biggest one. Yeah. My biggest one is like, who do you think you are to mm-hmm. try to sing a song? Who do you think you are to try to, you know, write? Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are? Seriously, you look like an idiot. You're embarrassing yourself and everybody here just stop. Mm-hmm. So I did. I stopped. Anyway, so she makes a point of like, think about how many negative things you think about yourself every day. And like how many critical thoughts you have about yourself every day. Just imagine if you started combating those with just as many positive thoughts about yourself, even if you don't believe them right now. Like, just try it out. Like, mm-hmm. only good things could come of that. And that really struck me. So I, there's an exercise in the book where you write all of your most critical thoughts about yourself, especially pertaining to creativity. And then you write the opposite of that statement. Or one of them was, I am creative. And the other one was, I am an artist. Like, those are what the affirmations turned out to be for me. And 
saying those things to myself in the mirror, it was so difficult. Like, I wanted to barf. Like, it just, it felt so cheesy and hokey and, like, just insincere and just, like, what, what is the point of this? Like, mm-hmm. I know this isn't true. I don't want to... I don't want to keep doing this, but I did keep doing them for years. I did affirmations every morning. And it's funny because like the truth I've learned from affirmations is nobody can actually give you a compliment or really a gift that you haven't already given to yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if they try, you won't receive it. Mm -hmm. Like everything is you, you know, like when it comes down to it. Um, So even if somebody had told me before, like, you're an artist, you're creative, I wouldn't have been able to receive it because I hadn't given it to myself because I didn't believe it about me. But literally, like, saying that to myself every day really did change something in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it did. I went from working customer service to being a full-time photographer. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just all of a sudden, like, within a year of the third time taking that class, like, I just, my life completely changed. Like I started, you know, doing photography as a job. I started playing drums in a band. I started, my whole life just became so much more creative. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the first step was like the affirmations and just starting to combat that inner critic that like told me, you know, that it wasn't good enough and stuff. And it's just so crazy because since then, like, since I started believing that people tell me all the time, like you're an artist, you're creative. You're yeah. Just, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that was a long answer. But the affirmations were like the first thing. <laughs> no, that was perfect. You don't have to apologize okay. for like anything. All right, I'm not going all. to ever again. <laughs> Great. Okay, good. But yeah. No, I love that. That's perfect. And there's actually one other person also brought up the same book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed an art educator. She teaches elementary school. Oh. She teaches, and the way she talks about like teaching these kids to be artists yeah. is just... I love that. Golden. Like, just so good. But she brought up that book, too, because our mutual friend both gave us those books. Mm-hmm. We're both named Brie. And he wow. gave both of us that book, like, at the same time. And, like, she started talking about it. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Like, I will read. I'll read it. Like, I started it. <laughs> and then you bringing it up. It, like, literally is sitting there, like, with my, like, journal next mm-hmm. to it. Like, ready to yeah. go. Yeah. And, like... I- not everybody needs to do everything in the same way, you know? Right. Like, I don't, I think everybody would benefit from reading, yeah. not just reading the artist's way, but, like, like it's in, a workbook, engaging. you know? Like, every chapter is a week, and every week has different assignments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that just reading it wouldn't be beneficial either, mm-hmm. but, like, everybody in the world would benefit from reading that book. But I am I try not to force it on people, because, mm-hmm. like, you find what you need when you're ready yeah. for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And... I needed that book when I found it. (laughs) I really, but I recommend it to like everybody. Like I was at a bar a few weekends ago. My dad was like playing at a bar and I was talking to this complete stranger Mm -hmm. like by the fire, you know, Mm -hmm. outside. And he was just telling me how he doesn't like his job. And I don't even know how we got into the conversation. But I was like, you really need to get the artist's way. (laughs) Like you would, that would be good for you. Just, like, being a missionary. Just, yeah. Just, like, really selling. Spreading that good word. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that is how I feel about it, though. Like, like and it is true. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, so, there you go. Oh, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Okay, so you do consider yourself an artist. Hell yeah. And it kind of, was it, like, a gradual? Yes. It was a gradual, years. like, field? Yeah, years. Like, okay. I'd say, I first took the class, I was, like, 24, 
And I think it was maybe a year and a half to a year ago where I really got comfortable. Like, yeah, I'm an artist. Look, look at what I do with my time. Like, yeah. what else would I be? And yeah. now looking back, like I can see, like, that's what I've always yeah. been, you know, looking yeah. back at little things I did when I was a kid or, you know, those precious little creative things you do. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's obvious to me now, but, you know, there are a million reasons why people don't think they're artists. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Okay. So what, like before you had this shift or this transition, what did you, or what do you still find yourself thinking of when someone says like, this is what an artist is or stereotypically, what did you believe an artist did or how did they create or just like, what did they look like? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I I mean, different than me. (laughs) Um, Why do you say that though? I mean, not now, like, okay. but before I came to see that, like, everybody has an artist in them. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, your inner child. It's just your, you know, creative subconscious mm-hmm. self. Um, but before that, it was, like, an image of just a much cooler, much more hip, much more edgy uh, person who wouldn't fit into my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this I'm a daydreamer. Like, I have very vivid daydreams. Like, I'm not asleep. I'm conscious. And I just, like, disappear into other realities a lot. And I had this daydream. And sometimes I would, like, go into it when I couldn't sleep. Like, it was just sort of my escape place where, like, I was a touring musician. Mm -hmm. And I, but I was, like, the version of myself that could be an artist. So, like, I looked differently and I would just make up, like, these stories and scenarios about what would happen when I was on tour and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like in my mind, like that was the version of me that could be an artist, but she didn't fit into my life Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. Like I just knew she wouldn't be accepted. So I just kept her there in the daydream. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. It's just so obvious to me now, like I said earlier, like looking back on it, like that's why I was so obsessed with that daydream is because there was this major part of me that was disconnected and needed to be like, that was fragmented Mm -hmm. from me, essentially. Um, I think people should pay close attention to their obsessions. I think obsession is like, because I was obsessed with it. Like it was in my head all the time in the back of my mind. And I think we hear the word obsessed and it's like, ooh, creepy. Mm -hmm. Like, and it... Or it's like just, unhealthy. Yes, unhealthy. And I do think it indicates imbalance mm-hmm. or like fragmentation or disconnection. Like mm-hmm. it is a sign of like, this needs attention. But whatever you're obsessed with is just trying to tell you something, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that was my obsession for a long time was just thinking about this other life um, that I could never live for a number of reasons. I didn't think that I could be that person or, or live that way. So Do you feel like... Since that time, do you feel like you've grown into that daydream? Uh, <laughs> or maybe, like, in a more organic way? Yes, in a more, like, grounded... Because, like, daydreams are just your subconscious's best effort, mm-hmm. right? And, like, actually living it. I think mm-hmm. there's a reason people say, like, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. You know, your dreams coming true are never what you think they'll be. Mm-hmm. So, in a lot of ways, like... I mean, yes, I think essentially, yes, like... I sing in one band, I play drums in another band, I play shows, I perform in front of people, I like... What are your band's names? Oh, (laughs) yeah, let me... I'm not good at plugging things. Um, So the band I play drums in is called Say Hey. Uh, We play, like, I'm so bad at this, like, psychedelic garage punk rock. 
cool. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is called The Whatnots. I sing with my friend Zoe, who's Tizzy's little sister, Connie's daughter. Uh, and we do like, it's rock. It's probably like Americana. I don't know. Yeah. I thought, sorry, it just happened to you something. <laughs> I think I remembered like when I started following you because me and Kathleen went to ABGs and saw when you guys oh, played. No. Bird- <laughs> oh, no, no. That was our first show ever. But it was, um, it was so Miss Birdie and the Whatnots? It was Birdie and the Whatnots. Birdie Whatnots. Now it's just Whatnots, yeah. Anyways, I think that's like we when I better now. <laughs> well, like from what I remember, I thought it was great, anyways. Oh, that's nice. Thank but you. I think that's when I started following you oh that makes I sense i think that that to me that makes Did a little bit more talk sense. to me i don't think so okay i don't know i was at a bar like yeah i know that's not so like boring. a great question because <laughs> i don't know yeah that's fair and i'm glad that you answered that way it makes me feel better and it also <laughs> like was probably like wh- over a year ago it was the weekend right before the shutdown happened okay it was like the last weekend bars were open anyways but that was the night that i saw your show yeah well that's See, I still have problems with being critical of my own stuff. Because that was the mm-hmm. first show I ever sung. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never sung in front of people before. Mm-hmm. It was really pitchy. My friend, like, Tizzy, took some videos. And I watched maybe 10 seconds of one. I just started sweating. Felt mm-hmm. nauseous. I deleted all of them. I was like, I don't need to see, listen yeah. to this. I'm just going to keep practicing and forget, you know, yeah. forget about that. But And also, like, my husband's family was there. And I, like, family, for some reason, just, like, makes me more nervous Yeah. than not. So that was a little scary. But, yeah, um, I think also, like, just dreams. People write off their dreams when actually it's, like, a very real part of you just trying to talk to you. Like, mm-hmm. listen, we keep doing this, but, like, there's, you know, what if we <laughs> went this way? Yeah, but anyway, there you go. I don't know. No, that was a question. <laughs> That was perfect. The question was, like, what do you think an artist looks like? Mm, mm-hmm. And, like, you kind of mentioned, like, your it, version of you as an artist, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I haven't had anybody respond in that way. Okay. I'm very self-centered, so. No, 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 no. I think it's very, like, introspective. Yeah, yeah. People are, tip- like, the typical answer that I receive is, like, oh, they, well, it's actually interesting because it varies a lot. I either get people will respond, like, how they think artists work, like their mm. process of like, oh, oh, they're very spontaneous or sure. they yeah, yeah. are messy and yes. like all over the place and emotional and mm-hmm. kind of like deep and dark. Mm-hmm. Or I get like, oh. Dysfunctional. Mm-hmm, dysfunctional mm-hmm. or people respond with the aesthetic of what they look like. So like, yes, where's the beret? Where's your like turtleneck and yeah. your like your cigarette? Which and, like, like, what are you a Frenchman? <laughs> like, what is that? But that is like a, French, a stereotype yes. yeah. that we're taught as yeah. well. Lots of stereotypes. Yeah, and then kind of some of the other responses is like, oh, I'll give an example of another person that I know yes. that's an artist. Well, a person came into my head, which I'd never met her back in the days of MySpace. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a girl, I don't remember, kind of like how you don't remember how you started following me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember how I found her, but she was just this random girl on MySpace. She was in a band called Minimum Wage Psy, I think. Okay. I don't even remember what their music is. I think it was, like, lo-fi, like, electronic type of stuff. Mm-hmm. She was in a band. She had this really cool, like, Tegan and Sarah mullet haircut, which I don't know if you know Tegan and mm-hmm. Sarah, but I totally awesome. have been um, to Tegan and Sarah conferences. <laughs> Me too. Cool. Salt hair? Were you at the one at Salt hair? No. Okay. We're, like, trying to, like, come up with it. Like, no, we met there. <laughs> we were friends back then, too. I just forgot. Um... 
But no, she had like a super cool haircut. She had all these, she was a photographer. She had all these artsy photos and photos of herself. And she just dressed in like a, basically like she was embodying all these things that I wanted to embody. So yeah, she's the first thing that came to my head of like, that's what an artist is. Mm. And I was like 15, 16. And I would just like look at her page and her pictures Mm. and like, I know it's because, like, I, a part of me wanted to come out, you know, and mm-hmm. it was like she was embodying that. And I remember <laughs> I showed my dad a picture of her. I was like, what do, you, what do you think if I get this haircut? Which 30-year-old me is like, Meg, why would you show that to your dad? Like, you know how this <laughs> you know is the response. Yeah. But I, for some reason, I just thought he'd be supportive of it. And he was like, well... I guess if you want to look all messy like that. And I was like, oh, no. And it really, like, affected me at the time. Huh. But I was young. And, you know, family's opinions, parents' opinions mm-hmm. matter a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she was the first person that came to mind. Was like, that's what an artist is. That's what mm-hmm. an artist looks like. Uh, but, you know, now I feel like they can, they're just people, you know. <laughs> they can look like whatever they want to look like. That's yeah. part of the point of living creatively. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. And I, I, I really love that you explained, like, this is what I saw, like, of myself mm-hmm. as, like, what I wanted to look like as an artist. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, like, grew into that. And I think that's a beautiful, like, a beautiful answer. Thanks. Yeah. That's all any of us can do. Just yeah. try to become what's in our head. But, yeah. Yeah. But I, because, so the reason that I asked this question is because I'm very fascinated with, like, when did we learn, like, what an artist is Mm -hmm. and like it's very like cultural or like you know family or yeah just like art historically like you need to be a loud egotistical Mm -hmm. extreme man narcissistic (laughs) yeah piece of shit yeah (laughs) and then other than that like you're not and it has to be like in these couple mediums yes yeah and then like that's it that's it yeah. So very limited options. Yeah. So it's just been interesting to like ask people to like get the different perspectives. And some of them are like very similar, but then mm-hmm. like some answers are very different. And I just love, like, I just want to break down like those barriers of like, why let's stop yeah. doing that. Let's yeah. just ask questions. Let's take a deeper, per- like, look at like the terms that we're using and like yeah. how we're being like critical of other people and of ourselves in a lot of ways. No, I love that. And I love just the concept of asking questions. Mm-hmm. Asking questions is such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, why? I got my hair done today by a friend of mine, Susie, and she, I just noticed today she has a tattoo on her arm that just says why. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to ask her why. why. <laughs> I bet she gets that all the time. Probably. I never got around to it, but I just love that. I love the question why. I think it's so important and it it leads to so much self-discovery and like human discovery, really. Yeah. But I like, I think there's so many illusions that need to be shattered, especially around creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Next question. What's next? (laughs) (laughs) The next question is. Uh I'm ready. So why do you feel called to your medium? And sounds like you have a couple mediums, but mm-hmm. specifically, why do you feel called to that? Yeah, I haven't talked about writing like at all. Mm-hmm. Writing is my main medium. Okay. So um, I have just, since I was a kid, words have just bewitched me. Like mm-hmm. I have always loved words. My dad has a really good vocabulary mm-hmm. and he is a quite an intellectual 
person. And also my mom, my parents are both like wordy people okay. and express themselves in interesting ways. And my mom read to me a lot as a kid and I just loved books. I read, I mean, I was born in 1991. So obviously I read Harry Potter. Of course. Obviously. Just had to be there. Right. Um, it was the time of our lives. <laughs> we were there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we were no there. No one else can understand it Nobody except for that. Nope. And it's just our gift of our generation. Yeah. But yeah, so I read Harry Potter in uh, elementary school, became immediately just enthralled with fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, fantasy, escaping into other worlds, like how I talked about my daydream, how that was like a coping mechanism, a comforting thing for me. That was my main coping mechanism as a kid. Just mm-hmm. like, I want to go to my room, play with my horses, make up stories, read this book about magic and castles and candlelit conversations and, yeah, spells and stuff like that. And, like, I would ask my teacher, like, can I please just stay in from recess and, like, read this book? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to go out there. Because mm-hmm. uh, recess was horrifying. I don't know why everybody liked it so much. Right. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> um, but just, like... Yeah, fantasy escaping became, I just love the way, like, just words on a page alone could just take me Mm. away. Mm. And then uh, I was 12 in sixth grade. The Lord of the Rings had come out, the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring, the Mm. movie, came out. And I watched it with my parents, and I was just like, holy shit, where has this been (laughs) my whole life? Like, it really was just feeling like a long-lost part of me was Mm. I was being reunited, and I— read The Lord of the Rings in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Like, and I carried around... That massive book. Yes, I've read it. <laughs> um, and I was, a, I was a good reader. Yeah. Like, I'm horrible at math. Like, in sixth grade, I took a... Uh, like, my parents wanted me to get tutored in math because I was so bad at it. And so I went to Sylvan Learning Center, and I took, like, the initial evaluation mm-hmm. quiz. And I was on a 12th grade reading level in sixth grade and mm-hmm. a third grade math level. Wow. And I think it's probably, I don't think I ever went beyond third grade <laughs> <laughs> with math. But yeah, reading was like my jam. I was yeah. very good at it from a young age. Yeah. I think just because I did it so much to escape life. But yeah, I would bring it to school every day and like mark it up. And the thing about the Lord of the Rings, like there's a lot of poetry in, you know, pages and pages of these, it's almost obnoxious, but, Mm -hmm. um, I just realized, like, I like poems. This Mm. is, I don't know, it just got my attention in a way nothing else ever had, and that's, I started writing poems in about sixth grade, um, just random little things, and the first one I wrote was called Boxes. It was about moving, Mm because we moved a lot, when I was a kid and I was just so tired of it and it was just basically like my life is boxes my entire life is in these boxes and I don't have the poem um it was on a computer back before we knew what backing things up was right (laughs) so or that we should basically my whole life is lost but uh yeah I started writing poems just randomly like not for any real you know school reason or whatever but yeah the Lord of the Rings and like just the poetry in it, like, really captivated me. And I just, uh, some part of me just realized, like, this is, I just want to write, want to write things. So, yeah. And it wasn't even really about wanting to. It just happened. Like, I think because I had immersed myself in writing Mm -hmm. so much, um, it just started, like, coming out of me. Yeah. So that's always been part of your, like, journey. Even, be like, before you hit that creative block where you realized you were creatively blocked. Yeah, I don't, yeah, because I think at the time, I don't think as a sixth grader I was too, I mean, to an extent I probably was creatively blocked. But, um, yeah, writing has always been there 
It's always been like the main. And then like with the artist way, uh, one of the main things you do, I can't think of the word, um, main things you do like as an exercise is morning pages. Mm-hmm. So, like every day you wake up and just write three pages of nonsense, like mm-hmm. whatever's in your head. And the point of uh, morning pages is to get you to the other side of your inner critic, like mm-hmm. to the other side of that chasm in your mind that you fall into every time you try to create something. Mm-hmm. And it just like reveals you to yourself after a while. Um, so yeah, writing has like always been sort of where I rest and where I like emote and morning pages like has made it that much more of a thing for me. So, but yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so why do you hold yourself back from sharing your creations more freely or expressing yourself more freely? At this point, it's mostly because I have a very hard time finishing things to a point where I feel like, because sometimes I'll share things like on Instagram or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I'll look back on it later and think like, man, if I had given that a little more time, if I had, like, Mm -hmm. I'll post something I wrote with like a dumb picture and I'll think I should have waited, like kept that thing I wrote until I had like a cool picture to share it with. Hmm. So I guess probably like a little bit of perfectionism. Um, I'm not perfectionistic generally, but I am with things I care about and mm-hmm. I care about creativity a lot. So probably perfectionism and just never feeling like things are done, mm-hmm. never feeling like they're ready to be shared. Like they could always be better um, or more complete, which everything could always be more complete, mm-hmm. you know. And like one of my favorite quotes, I don't remember who said it, but it goes, um, a painting is never finished. It just stops in an interesting place. Hmm. I think that's like a good way to look at anything you're working on. Like this stopped in an interesting place and isn't that fun, you know, but I just, I think I kind of get obsessed with this isn't done. You know, it's not complete. It isn't the most impactful version that it could be. Um, so I get caught up in that a lot. And just like reworking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have like 12 songs. I like writing songs with a lot of lyrics because <laughs> poetry, you know, mm. like it's just like a good vehicle to you know somewhere to put all these words but I'll, I have like 12 songs right now where I have like two verses and a chorus and I just don't know how to finish them mm-hmm. um it's driving me nuts mm-hmm. so that also anyway yeah mostly perfectionism and just like this isn't as good as it could be it doesn't feel done but what is done and yeah yeah also time management mm-hmm. uh so like waking up early enough to make time to mm-hmm. write that other verse or you know because time, I have to be alone. You need time to do that. You can't just like, most of the time, I can't just sit down and magically be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes, you know, time to like settle into it and let it know like, yeah, I'm listening to you come out. You're like, mm. you know, like I've set aside this time for you. Uh, so come out and I'll like actually pay attention to it. Like, because mm. I think think a lot about ideas and like inspiration in general and uh, I was talking to my husband about this the other night like have you ever been talking to somebody and expressing yourself to them and in the middle of you talking they just like stop paying attention to Mm -hmm. you just like blatantly Mm -hmm. and just how that feels like you know you could take it a million different ways sometimes you take it personally and like it hurts your feelings other times it's like "Hmm, I guess they just didn't really but 
regardless of like what reaction it sets off in you, you don't want to keep talking to them. Right. You know, like it stops. <laughs> like message received, you're not interested in what I'm offering. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Ideas, listen to that. Like your ideas come to you and start expressing themselves to you. Like you could do this, you could be this, you could write this, you could make this. Because um, Julia Cameron, I think, Maybe it's her, or maybe it's from Women Who Run With the Wolves. But also, such a good book. <laughs> Life changing. Read it now. It's um, very dense, though. Yeah, it is. I. It took me two years to read that book. I'm still in the middle of it. No, that's. You're always in the middle of it. It's life. That's how I. That book is life. Yeah. Like you're never done with yes. it. <laughs> yep. I'm comfortable with that. But there's just this imagery of creativity is the underground river that you can go to and like scoop a bucket from at all times you know like it's always there to for you to access and she basically describes creative inspiration like as these are finished ideas like that song already exists the poem already exists the the painting already exists you are just bringing it like out of the underground river or out of the void or the matrix or whatever you want to call it into this physical reality whatever this is you know and like just trusting it already exists. I'm just listening to it and giving it the attention it deserves. Like I'm showing my ideas that I value them. Um, so they're revealing themselves to me more and more. Um, and that's like been my experience with, I have a fantasy series that I want to write. I want to be a fantasy author. That's my main Mm -hmm. dream in life. I have a lot of dreams, but that's the main one. Um, and it started with the main character, Alsheen, like that's her name. And it just started with like, I was in the passenger seat of our truck, my husband was driving us home from a brand new concert in Idaho with our friends. And all of a sudden, I just had this idea, like, or not this idea, the image of her and her mm-hmm. life and her village and, like, how her village works and stuff just came to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hmm. And I thought that's all the story was. So I wrote it down, and I showed that idea. I'm paying attention to you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, I literally recorded every aspect of it that was important. Like, I didn't go into great detail, but I got it all down. Um, and then months later, it kind of tapped me on the shoulder again. I was like, well, it's not just all Shane. It's like, this is a whole world and there's this <laughs> other character. And then like, mm-hmm. and it's like a whole thing. And the, the only reason I know instinctually, like the only reason I have like the whole world in my head now is because I, first of all, paid attention to the first idea, mm-hmm. you know, like, and let it know, like, I'm listening. I value you. Please keep talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think one of the things that blocks me is, like, I don't plan the time that's worthy mm-hmm. of creative ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a big one, is time. And just, like, I'm kind of just, like, a scattered person. I have a hard time getting up early or on time or whatever. That's always been a problem for me. So that's a big one. Just worrying about how I'm going to be perceived is huge. That's been, like, a major issue for me my whole life and it's like every day I have to reteach myself to stop looking for external validation and to just mm-hmm. validate myself and you know mm-hmm. that's what it's all about but yeah so those are probably the main things I could talk about that forever um but yeah those are the main things that come to my head I couldn't have put that any better <laughs> and I feel the same way but it's interesting that you talk about it like coming through you or coming mm-hmm. like out of you like it's in there and it's almost like it's just coming out through you yes like like as a tool as a like you are the tool yeah but you have to 
like be okay with it and like give it space and a place to do that. Yeah, like you have to be, you have to allow it, you have to allow yourself to be the channel. Mm-hmm. And like you can't be a channel when you're at work. Mm-hmm. You can't be a channel, you know, like you have to be in a certain space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it isn't that it's hard. Like, I think it's really the most natural thing. Mm-hmm. It's just that it it is also work. Like, it is also, how do I say that? Like, you just have to be in the right space for it to happen. It's a process. Exactly. Yeah. That's also what I'm arguing is process is just as important as final product. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's, I can't remember if it's in the artist's way. So, like, everyone just, like, needs to read this book. And also, I get it. Like, I also need to pick up this book because I did start the morning pages. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then life has been crazy. Yeah. Okay, when did you start? Th- Wait, okay, but let me, we're going to get to that. One second, though. <laughs> I think it was Lindy Ma, actually, that okay. person who was teaching the art class who handed it off to Connie. She said, so she paints. Mm-hmm. And she said, basically, like, she does all this research. She takes pictures of things and, like, you know, imagines the painting Mm -hmm. before she does it. And she says, by the time she actually, like, puts her brush to the canvas, the painting is 90% done. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I love that. I just think that's such an interesting way to think about. Like, the process is all of it. Yeah. You know, and then, like, bringing it into the physical realm is just, like, the fun part. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Or also maybe the not-so-fun part. Oh, sure, Yeah. Right. Depending on the Depending. experience. It's all context, it's true. But, so more, when did you start doing morning pages? So, somebody gave me the artist's way in February. Wow, okay. And was this like... Was that was recent. Yeah, and was like, hey, so, like, this book just screams you right now and, like, your whole process and thing that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Didn't think anything about it. And then I had one other person, like, comment and say, like, I, like owned the term artist after I read this book. And I was like, somebody just gave me that book like yesterday. Like, okay. And then like interviewed that girl. And she was like, Eric gave me the same book. And I was like, so don't feel as special. (laughs) We love you, Eric. (laughs) But not like, but that's also like how crazy. But also the fact that I also asked her and I was like, hey, like I want you to be a part of this project. And then you bring it up again. The same person gave you the same book. Yeah. Okay. So I did start and I did do morning pages and it was very natural to me because that's how I journal. And that is how like, I don't It's hard for a lot of people. I don't look back at what I write. I just like do it. And then like, until I feel like, okay, and I'm done. And Mm -hmm. then like, but it hasn't been, I was like so good at it Mm -hmm. like last year and this past year, like it's been really hard for me to make the time to do that. Yeah. But like I started doing it and I was like, oh, like this is supernatural. Like this is just kind of like already what I was doing but like it reminded me like that it was important that I needed to be doing it Mm -hmm. because it was like literally my like therapy yeah in a lot of ways it is so therapeutic and so healing when I first started it it really felt like just butter like just Mm -hmm. like so easy Mm -hmm. I don't know how butter it just felt like the right word to me it might not make sense to you but it just like cut hot butter melting onto the page just out of my brain I don't know yeah (laughs) um Super easy. This year, it has been more challenging. Even when I get up and I've made the time, um, I'll go to write. And, like, there have been days where it's just like, wow, I don't know what to write. So I literally write. I don't know what to write right now. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she yeah. recommends. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. keep writing that until something else comes out. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the curtains are dirty. That stresses me out. I don't, but, 
So when I started doing morning pages, uh, all I was writing about was like, I hate my job. I hate my job. Mm-hmm. I'm miserable. I like literally I was I was very depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, like I was I wasn't suicidal, but I was as close to that as I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because I was so deeply entrenched in this despair because I didn't see anything else mm-hmm. possible for me. And I wanted so badly for there to be more for me mm-hmm. than this job and this rush hour drive home and make dinner exhausted, don't want to do the dishes, get into bed, watch a mind-numbing show, go to sleep, get up and do it again. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just thought that's all it was going to be until I had a baby. And I really didn't want to have a baby at the time. Yeah, I just still don't have kids yet because I've been so busy <laughs> since this. But so I started writing like, hey, my job. And I, I couldn't be fully honest with myself about what I really wanted. I couldn't just right away start writing about, like, I want to be an artist. Mm-hmm. I want to do photography. Mm-hmm. I want to write songs. I want to do, you know, I want to write books. It was, I, I just started writing, like, I want a job where I'm not on the phones. Mm-hmm. I just want a job where I'm not on the phones, talking to people all day. I want it to be a more creative job, you know, if possible. I want it to be salary, not hourly. Like, I wrote all these right. things. And it, literally, the next month, I had been there for years. The next month, I got promoted into marketing. Wow. I wasn't on the phones. I made salary. It was creative. I got to come up with, like, names of stamps, <laughs> which yeah. was, like, huge. Yeah. Um, but after a few months of that, I was still just miserable. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it, it, I was a, I can't, marketing communications. Like, I was the middleman, like, trying to. Like, I'd go to this part of the building, and it doesn't matter. I hated the job. So I started writing, okay, fine, you got me. I don't actually want to do this either. I don't want an office job. I want to, you know, <laughs> I want to do these things. So I got way more honest, which is just hilarious how hard it is to be honest with yourself, yeah. with your own self. Yep. But I started being honest, like, about that, how I wanted to just do creative things for a living, and then I got laid off, mm-hmm. like, weeks later. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was basically forced to start photography. That's crazy. There just wasn't another option. But I truly believe, and I don't use the word believe a lot nowadays, but I really believe that, like, I brought that upon myself. Like, I made that happen with... You called that, like, in. Yeah, because, like, your thoughts are things. You Mm -hmm. know, like, they're powerful. They make stuff happen. The things that are in the forefront of your mind all day are your reality, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... It's just incredible how an exercise like morning pages just makes you so much more conscious to that. And it makes you a more conscious person. And it, mm-hmm. like you live a more conscious life. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so morning pages are cool. Everybody buy the so art way. do that. <laughs> yeah. But what I was saying is, I think like when you start doing morning pages, your life does just start to like, whoa, you know, yeah. things get a little crazy. Yeah. So that's exciting. Any other thoughts? I mean, mostly just ego stuff. Yeah. You know, like just the part of me that wants to look good, yeah. that wants to be accepted, that is afraid what I am is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. The fear and the, just the humanness of it. I kind of had a moment where like I kind of shifted my perspective while you were talking based on like what you were saying in the sense mm-hmm. that like you kept talking about how like it comes through you, it comes out of you. It's like this river that's already there, that's like in all of us. And it's almost, it's not like you were completely giving away the credit but you weren't like it the way you were talking about it kind of seemed like you also were giving credit to this like the source the source of it yeah yeah and it's almost yeah. like I just kind of had this moment for myself of being like 
okay, of course it's going to come through you in a different way than someone else's. Yes. And like, you still need to own it and still like respect it. Mm -hmm. And like, almost as like, do your part is kind of like how I felt about it. Yes. Of like, you need to let it come through you and it's Mm going to come through differently, but it's important because it's going to affect somebody else. Yes. I don't know if that made any sense. It makes total sense to me. Like, I find um, truth to be paradoxical. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, give yourself credit. You are the artist. You are the one who made that. You're the one who had the idea. Right. But also, it isn't about you at all. Right. It's about this larger thing that's coming through you, you know, yeah. but it is still a part of you, but it yeah. also isn't. You. Right. And like, because it, and that's a, a, that was the main block. So many main blocks. <laughs> so many side notes. Blocks, so many main blocks. Rivers, dry ones and not dry ones and all that. But one of my main creative blocks was, um, I made it all about me mm. and I tied my worth, quote unquote worth, which I don't think worth can even, we'll get to that. I tied my worth, my self-esteem, my value as a person to whether or not my writing was good, whether or not my drumming was good, whether or not I could sing well. Like, It's hard not to. Yeah, and uh, I realized that's just a big part of how I operated in life in general. Like, not even with creative things, just like how I perform, quote-unquote, as a person that day, how other people reacted to it, whether or not it was good, you know, meant, well, then I'm not good or I am good. right. It was a huge thing for me to, and I still have to work on that all the time because it's just, it was such my natural way of being a person was just getting my validation and self-esteem from external sources and like from other people's reactions. And I was just like dying for compliments all the time. Like, please compliment me so I don't die, (laughs) you know, like give me a compliment so I feel okay. Um, And now that I kind of discovered that truth of like, you don't get compliments that you haven't already given yourself. Or you can't receive them, even if you get them. Now compliments are just kind of like, that's really cool of you to say. But Mm. either way, I know it isn't about me. Mm. It's about what I did. It's about what it brought up in that person. You know what I mean? Anyway, so I don't really take, I do my best not to take anything personally. Like none of it's about me. My, My art isn't about me. It doesn't, like whether it's good or bad doesn't affect me. I used to think it did. I used to let it, I guess. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that um, is another big thing that I've had to, like, get around and have to, like, correct myself on all the time. Yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. Any last thoughts on why or why not you consider yourself an artist or when you did and compared to when you didn't or any thoughts on your medium or just any last thoughts? Sure. I mean, I think, like, family systems are such a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. parents, mm-hmm. siblings because they're your caretakers they're your whole world growing up Mm -hmm. and like the way my family connected growing up was like a big part of how we connected was making fun of things Mm -hmm. like it could be really funny Mm -hmm. like my family's witty they're also very particular and critical and I'm not an exception like I'm the same opinionated like just such big opinions such big reactions and like with my dad being um you know a music teacher and like having a degree and all that stuff like he has very particular ideas of how things should be especially music things or creative things so your family is important mm-hmm. right and we live in such a family oriented community mm-hmm. and family's beautiful and you love your family and you feel things about them you don't even know how to articulate and you're so connected to them because you came from them and they're you and you're them and that's that is what it is and it's lovely. 
But just pay attention to like whether or not the voice in your head is you or them. Because mm. for me, the voice in my head was them or like the critical making fun of haha opinionated parts of them. And that was a, another big thing that held me back a lot was like, what will they think? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't like this. It's not It's not the right way. Um, and also a lot of the things that I write, like with writing, I know have hurt them mm-hmm. <laughs> or like caused them to think about or feel things that maybe they didn't want to. Because um, it's exposing your relationship with them or things about them. Yeah, totally. Um, but like, I think it was Hemingway that said, write hard and clear about what hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've really been trying to do that. But yeah, just like paying attention to the, to what voice is in your head and is that you? Mm-hmm. Is it really you and why is it there? And is there a is there a better one, but a more gentle one that maybe is uh, like quiet and like doesn't come out as much because you've been like shoving it back under the water your whole right. life, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, vo- the voices in your head are a big deal. Um, so yeah, that's probably the last thought I have. <laughs> I think that's a good place to shift. Sure. Okay. So this is part two, creative collaborative consultation, where we talk mm. about your project oh, yeah. that you're going to have at the Sundance Art Gallery. And again, this is very last minute and I feel very bad, but also you're like, sure, no problem. I'll be like, fine. Okay. I'm so, excited for the challenge of it. Okay. So let's jump into project mm-hmm. ideas. I am. Things you've been working on. This is overwhelming to me because I don't know how to display yeah. poetry. Yeah. Like my first thought is taking like some favorite images mm-hmm. of mine and putting my poems on them Amazing. to like print them. Great. I don't know. I love that. Okay. I could do that. <laughs> okay. You said what? one to three. Yeah. So okay. why was that so hard? I, <laughs> because, uh, you know, creativity is hard sometimes. Yeah. You can do like, it could be whatever you want. If it's something simple of like you print it out and you put it in a frame mm-hmm. and like, and that's it. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Or because like with poetry, it is, I had a little bit of a hard time being like, can I ask these non-traditional mediums to kind of like work in mediums that they're not used to? Right. Like, yeah. How am I supposed to show this? That is the challenging aspect of it. Like, yeah. how do you show a poem? How yeah. do you show a dance? How, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's been fun. It's yeah. like people have been really excited about it because it's different and they're kind of, it's forcing it them to kind of look at their own process in a different way. Yes. Um, Because this is, like, I've wanted to combine images with poems mm -hmm. for a long time. So this will be, you know, this will actually get me to focus on that and, you know, figure it out. The thing I'm worried about is, like, I don't know where to print things. Right. And I don't know how to save the images for, you know, that purpose. I mean, I guess I do. But, yeah. So I don't, and I don't know what to print them on. Okay. (laughs) So you can help me with that. Yeah. So it depends on like how you would like it to be displayed. Like, yeah. Do you want it to be printed on canvas or paper or like photo, right. like with a, a gloss, or do you want it to be? You know, I'm like, kind behind of glass. seeing myself like printing the images mm-hmm. and then like printing off the poems separately and almost like gluing or painting on the words. Right. So I think that'd be fun. I love that. I think I'll do that. Okay. So what would be the best type of, like, would canvas be best if I'm going to be, like... It's up to you. I feel like canvas would probably be good because I don't want it to get soggy. Yeah. So, yeah. Canvas. Yeah. (laughs) So you could either, like, if you're going to get it printed on canvas, you'll probably have to outsource it. Okay. What does that mean? So, like, just having somebody print it. Oh, sure. Like a 
shop. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what yeah. I was expecting anyway. I yeah. don't know how to print canvas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I can give you a couple of references for that. That'd be great. Or if you want to just do it like a little bit, like that is going to be a little bit more expensive. If you wanted to do it cheaper, you could even just like print it through like any kind of printing service, whether that's Walmart or Kinko's, right. whatever. Right. Printing it on photo paper mm-hmm. and then putting it on top and then putting that in a frame. Okay. It's up to you. Okay. Um, that yeah, being said, that. with the photo, if you're going to put, like, the glue over it, like, you are going to see that, but that also can be part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can definitely, like, think about that. Keep me in the loop. Let me know if you have questions. I'll send you those printing resources. But I love that idea because I feel like that is very much, like, you. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's very, like, that a lot of, like, your feed is, like, your photography paired with, Words. Your words. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's very authentic to how you express yourself. So I love that. Okay. I think that's great. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we've talked about our time frame, uh-huh. even though it is a bit limited. Yeah. I'm going to ask you for those again and put them yes. on my calendar. Yes. So I will. Yeah. Them. I'll text them to you. Um, got time frame. Do you have all your resources other than like the, like where to send them? Like, can you financially support paying for something like a little project? Oh, can yeah. you yeah. like... Do you have your resources? Like, do you have the glue or the paper or do you have access to those things? Sure. That's a good question. I think so. Okay. I think I can manage. Okay. Um, If the project changes in some way, like, I'll reach out to you. Okay. But I think I could get, it's pretty simple. Okay. I think I can, yeah, manage to get a hold of those things. Great. Okay. So I will probably be checking in in, like, the next few days just because we are in kind of, like, a shorter timeline. Mm -hmm. Probably check in in like four or five days and just say like, how's it going? Do you need anything? Do you have any questions? Mm-hmm. Kind of things like that. Um, and that being said, like if it does change completely, that's okay. You're not held to like what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of other people's projects have changed drastically yeah. and that's totally fine sure. because after the fact, like once the show is up, I would love to do like a second part where we just talk about the process of your piece and mm-hmm. any like barriers that you did hit. You had to overcome emotionally or mentally and then just kind of like how it grew. Cool. So, and with that, I would love any sort of like process video. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Okay. But like, it like won't. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can great. That. <laughs> but like, I do want to show that as well because I'm arguing like process is important. Mm-hmm. We are all obsessed with like before and afters. Yeah. HGTV, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But we're all scared to show our process because yeah, it's, it's vulnerable. like exactly, mm-hmm. and also you don't want people to steal your exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's yeah. one of my biggest fears. Honestly, mm-hmm. is having somebody like take what I do and do it better and mm-hmm. get the credit for it. Yeah, that's like really scary for me. That is scary. But so because at the actual show on your label, there's just gonna be a QR code that links to the podcast episode, artist statement, any process videos. Cool. I love it. This is really cool. I'm just honored to be involved. <laughs> Thank you. Really? Like, like, I am. Thank you for being, like, willing and excited about it. It, like, gives me bursts of renewed passion again of, like, yeah. oh, because this part is, like, the part that's fun for yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I just want to talk to people about it. Like, I don't want to do the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to talk to people about yeah. it. Yeah. But, okay, any questions, last-minute side, side notes? <laughs> side, 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 river streams? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think this has been lovely. Great. I'm just... Okay really excited to see everybody else's work and to yeah. see what mine turns out to be and yeah great it's cool and i feel like we're gonna be friends now so. we already are <laughs> <laughs> cool 
Okay, well, thank you so much, Meg, for being willing to be a part of this project. Yeah, thank you, Brie. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Proclaiming Artist podcast. Let me know if anything resonated with you or inspired you. You can check us out on Instagram at Proclaiming Artist. Like and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review if you'd like. Oh, and just a quick reminder, you are an artist. <laughs>